Hello, lovers and legends. Hello, my name is Tilly Moore, and this is episode 26 of Love is a Battlefield, the Domestic Violence Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Now, today's episode was going to be about one of the usual topics we have on here, one of the terminologies quite common in domestic abuse. Now, I love learning about those, so it is going to come up in the next episode, but because it's Christmas, I thought... Tis the season to be jolly, or as a narcissist will think, tis the season to destroy. (laughs) No, but all jokes aside, domestic violence rates increase around Christmas. Now, this isn't just some wishy-washy thing we've all come up with where we've gone, no, it was bad for me, so it'll be bad for you. These are literal stats. Now, I've searched the web high and low to find some factual stats I could find ones from years ago and I found a whole bunch and basically summarizing, because you know we're all living in different areas, different countries, different parts of this wonderful world, and generally summarizing all the stats, they came to about 20% increase in DV call-outs to police and slash cases over the Christmas period. Now, while all these statistics were very similar, I thought I might actually read out some specified ones. Now, there is a state in Australia called Victoria. This statistics, these statistics are very similar to ones from other states, ones from the UK, ones from American sites. I've, I've looked at them all, so I just thought I'd read out one of them for you. Now, this says two-thirds of DV, domestic violence, assaults in that one state in Australia called Victoria in the year where they did this study it was, I think it was 2022 or 2021, two thirds were just over the Christmas New Year period. So, okay, take yourself back to like year four, right? You're learning your fractions and whatnot. I think it was year four at primary school, we're learning our fractions, don't know what grade that is, the equivalent overseas, similar, same, same, but different. Now you've got your circle. So it's like a pizza. Now you've cut your pizza into three fat slices, just three, the whole pizza, three, so thirds. Now imagine the Two of those three fat slices is the DV cases just over Christmas, New Year. Now, Christmas, New Year, wait, that's a matter of days. And then there's only one big fat slice left for the rest of the entire year. That is such a dramatic thing in this state of Victoria for the year they did this study. That is ridiculous. The increase. Now, why? Why? Why do abusers and narcissists, who are abusers, I mean, narcissists are abusers, abusers are narcissists, like it's sort of interchangeable, really. I'm, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. So <laughs> why? Why do they increase their violence? Well, the first reason, you're home. On days you wouldn't usually be home. Now, usually your abuser has a pattern of I'm home this day, I'm home that day, I do this. It throws them out. You know how that period between Christmas and New Year when you're just lost and confused because you don't know what day it is, especially if you have that whole week off. It's just this weird blurred period of where are we? What day is it? What year is it? Is it New Year's yet? Where are we? So they're not at home. They're not in their usual schedule. So they're thrown out a bit. They're sensitive. They've got feelings, lots of feelings, lots of emotions. Also family is around. Family is a very, very stressful time of year for a lot of people. 
family, emotions, relationships, having to socialize. A lot of people like neurodivergence, like myself, we struggle with that small talk socializing with people who don't actually like you. Um, yeah, it can be challenging. So there's a lot of stress around families, family get-togethers, also social get-togethers. Maybe there's a couple where they have friends and they go over to their place and you know, the abusive husband never likes you having friends. So they get very tense with all these social outings and social interactions because they cannot control you when other people are around. So that's very stressful for them. But they're home. They're home with you longer than they usually are. They're home with you, monitoring you, watching you, spending more time with you. That is the biggest risk. Yes, most people will In my line of work, I'm a nurse. Most people have to keep working during the holidays. However, the average kind of business hours people get to have at least those few days off. Another thing I've thought of is kids. They're around the kids. You know how usually they're avoiding the kids because they fake, they have to mask, they have to pretend to love their kids because they're usually gaslighting them and using them as little weapons in their little games that they play against you. Now, they have to be exposed to these kids on these days off. And Christmas is such a kid time, like you're doing the Santa thing, there's presents, there's lots of stuff to do, lots of kid activities, go see Santa, all the things, all the works and jerks. And now they are exposed to the kids more and they actually don't, sorry to break this to you, but a lot of abusers don't like kids, you know, narcissists do not like kids. They don't like their own kids. They pretend to love their kids. They use their kids. There's a lot of, um, there's this type of personality I've noticed with some kind of less narcissistically, but more boganly abusers where they, oh, they love, they get their kid and they're like, I love my kid so much, man. I freaking give my kid, man. Oh, man. And they get really weird about it. But at the end of the day, they see the kid as a possession. They don't actually go out of their way to do anything for the kid, do activities with the kid. The kid can come along with them for their hobbies and their interests, but they don't actually like spending time with the kid. They love using the kid against you. Please know I am generalizing. I'm sure there is people who do love their kids out there, but when it comes to abuse, when it comes to narcissists, like actual abusive narcissists, when it comes to these actual murderers who are unaliving. Oh, I'd have to say unaliving because I'm not on TikTok. Yay. I've been on TikTok so much lately. I've just gone into the habit of in general everyday conversations going, oh, they were unalived instead of using the word murder because of how restricted you are on TikTok. And when you're making a TikTok and you say murder, you're like, or you say the word kill, you're like, gotta record the whole thing again. Anyway, so murder, I can say it, murder, 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 murder. Oh, don't tell TikTok. Anyway, so basically this is not a one size fits all. These are just observations like that I have noticed with some people that, yeah, but yeah, uh, narcissists cannot love. They cannot love. They don't have the capacity to love. And these are the kind of people who go on to like, not all of them, I mean, but a lot of them, they are the, they are the, t- narcissists are the people who are murdering their wives in droves, wives, partners, girlfriends. They are the murderers. So murderers. And you're like, oh my gosh, what are you saying? They don't like my kids. Well, um, murderers murder. That's really bad. It's actually not good. So of course, someone who's got a brain that's capable of thinking and justifying, literally ending the life of a woman for her literal existence is probably not going to 
have the capacity to love and be a good father. And I feel like at this time of year, there's extra pressure to put on that father mask. And they're like, oh, because, you know, everyone's tired at this time of year. They're exhausted. It's hot in Australia. It's very, very hot in Australia. Freezing cold in the Northern Hemisphere. So we're all just temperatured. (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying. There are a lot of elements at play. The natural element of the weather, also being home with you, with the kids, if there's kids involved, and with family, relatives, friends, also the home alone time with just you and them where you're not doing anything. So it kind of exposed, you know, if you're in a bit of a toxic relationship and you have some days off and you don't have any plans and you're kind of forced to spend time together. And that's when you really realize that the cracks are showing in the relationship because you're realizing that this person is like not really liking me. And it just, when you spend entire days together, you know, when you're in the honeymoon period and you spend entire days together, it's like amazing. Well, the opposite of that, the toxic, horrible, narcissist, abuser period when they're, you know, demasking and just being horrible. Well, that is exposed in that same way. When you spend 24 hours a day together, that's when the cracks show. That's when how the relationship is actually going is showing. Going is showing. I'm rhyming. I'm a poet, but I don't know it. Do you remember people saying that at school? I don't know if people said that to you at school, but we all went around going, I'm a poet, but I don't know it. Oh, but it rhymes. Oh my gosh. Oh, gee, Willy Wonkers, I actually want to apologize now. I was about to say, oh, sorry for me, sorry for my personality, but I've only just posted a TikTok literally yesterday where I've realized a lot of women, especially in TikToks, apologize. They apologize in the TikToks. Oh, sorry about my hair. I just woke up. Oh, sorry about my makeup. I haven't had time to do it. Sorry about that noise in the background. Oh, sorry about my dog. He keeps jumping. Like, And then I realized that men in their TikToks, I've never heard one do the same. Like said, sorry for the background noise. Sorry for this. Sorry for that. So, um, I've made a TikTok going, Hey girls, we've been apologizing for all these little things because we are raised so critical. Like we are always criticized. A woman speaks, you criticize the way she looks, you criticize her hair, you criticize her voice, you criticize the word she says, you try and mansplain to her that she said the wrong thing. So maybe she should try and learn from you. We are criticized all the time. So I made a TikTok saying, hey, don't say sorry all the time. And literally just then I went to say, like after being a loser head and saying (laughs) all that crap about rhyming and stuff and going on my usual tangents, I went to apologize for my existence, for my personality, for my ADHD. And I think we need to stop doing that. You need to be you and people who can tolerate you and will like to listen to you on this ear device that you're currently on will listen and go, oh, yeah, that's weird and cool and whatever. And then other people will be like, oh, I'm too posh. I can't stand this girl. She keeps going off topic. I want some hard facts. Get on Google, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> Get on Google, bitch. No, literally. Why no, I mean yes, because... I don't mean no means, oh shit, don't say that. Fuck, we're done for now. No, what I mean, I'm trying to tell you is don't say sorry. Say your opinions with your whole chest. Okay, pretend you're a man. WWMD, what would a man do? We do this from now on. Ladies, 
yes, you'll be, um, it won't really go down so well because patriarchy has literally told us a good woman is a silent woman, but have a crack. Let's change patriarchy. Let's just be the people that people don't like very much in this generation, hoping that in the next one or two generations, there is some change and that we can have some change and be heard and respected and maybe, maybe just maybe treated almost as respected as a man. Almost. Oh, can you imagine if you're born a male? This is what I said in my TikTok. I said, can you imagine being born a male? And just every time you spoke and had an opinion, people around you, like your parents, teachers, friends, colleagues, everyone just listened to you and respected your opinion. Can you imagine that? Just imagine being a boy. Anyway, fun reflection, not really back to it. So there is an article I actually wanted to share. Now, this is from the New Zealand Herald, and it's about a lady in New Zealand who has been through some pretty nasty domestic violence and she's escaped. Now, I'm going to share my own thing later, but this one I wanted to read because it really shows and puts in perspective how bad it really is at Christmas time. So here we go. Now, her name, they've made it Kate but that's not her real name, obviously. She said Christmas was hell every single year. Oh, sorry. Better let you know. The website nzherald.co.nz. Christmas was hell every single year. Explaining every purchase, hiding gifts so as not to get in trouble, secretly buying a Christmas tree and quickly sneaking it out of the car before he came home, then dreading the response, feeling so sick and so afraid of what he was going to say of the many days of punishment that there would be because I'd bought a Christmas tree. She was married for 15 years to a man who she initially thought was her perfect match. Oh girl, we have been there. Love bombing. He was successful, a professional. He loved her and her two little boys. He was everything she wanted. Aren't they all? But soon after their wedding, everything changed. Sorry, I just can't help myself. Dramatic effects. It was almost instantaneous. Everything deteriorated. Unfortunately, I was married to a narcissist. Oh, he had no empathy, never acknowledged anything he did wrong. He never said he was sorry. If anyone was hurt, he would say it was because we'd brought it on ourselves. Classic narc move. Now, she actually goes on to say that he sat her down at around Christmas and said, here's a list of rules. And they were very, very strict rules. And he said, if she did leave him, he would take the house, he would take her daughter. They always try and get custody of the child. They don't want the child. They just want to punish you by taking your child from you to punish you for leaving. Now, when he gave her this list of rules, a literal list, and demanded she agree to live by them, she knew she had no choice but to leave. She said, if I didn't agree to the rules, then I had to leave, but I couldn't agree to it. Now, her sister was actually with her when she tried to leave. And he was violent toward both her and her sister. Usually, so around your family and their family, they will always try and be Prince Charming, right? But if you are leaving them and there is one witness, especially a female witness, they will turn on them too. They will be violent toward them. They will initially try and con- like convince that person, oh, she's not well, she's crazy. But when they see that, hey, like that sister would have been like, yeah, bitch, we're leaving you. 
I've said bitch a lot this episode. When, yeah, bitch, we're leaving you. We're packing up and she's going. When he saw that he couldn't manipulate the sister to buy into the she's crazy thing that they always try and convince your family of, then she he would have naturally like got violent to her. The mask would have come off for the sister. But the mask doesn't necessarily then come off for anyone else. It's just that he couldn't manipulate the sister. He couldn't control her. And he was cornered into a situation where he was like, I need control. And so he just revealed that he was abusive and abused her too. I have heard that so much of a sister or a female friend going over to help. And initially the man tries to be all charming and manipulative. But when he realizes that friend or sister is actually there to support the victim and they're planning to leave and he's losing control when they are losing control and you're walking out that is so dangerous so he was physically violent to both her and her sister and so that's when her sister like he tried to block Kate leaving the house and her sister called emergency services and she said I wouldn't have got out if someone else wasn't there and someone else didn't call the police She was too scared. She thinks she would have stayed in that relationship forever. And it just happened that her sister, she one, she had a sister, lucky girl. Two, her sister was like, stuff this. I'm helping you pack and get out and you and your child or kids, how many, ever many she had. And the fact that her sister went, no, this is crap and called the police. Someone else helped her. There are so many women stuck in situations when there's no one making that call. There's no one there backing them up. What I would have done to have a sister when I went through all my things, and I was actually acutely aware of that, of not having that person in my life that had my back that I could go to with things like that who kind of understood. You know, there's certain friendships where you don't want to burden the friendship by bringing your trauma or drama into it, and there's a lot of people quite sensitive to those things. There's a lot of people you can't actually reach out to in those times. And so that's when having like a sister, like a sibling who actually like cares about you and has your back and really like is on your team that you can quickly message and they're like, yep, I'll come and back you up. But the fact that he did that to both of them, it's just, that is, I have heard that so many times. And then if a male, a male person comes they try that manipulation even harder. They give the mate, bro, cuzzy, cuz, bro. Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, women, mate. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I haven't done anything. Oh, she's just, she's she's not all there. She's not well, mate, but, you know, make sure this and that. And, like, they really try that mate, mate, mate thing, and a lot of men fall for that. Which brings me to my Christmas Day story. So when I think of Christmas and abusers, I I go back to like a lot of relationships I've had with men. I'm trying to think of Christmas and I think there is this awkward, tension-y weirdness in the air around these personality types. I feel like they feel there's emotion in the air and they can't relate to that really. So it's kind of this pressure and they don't like that. It's like they're in a pressure cooker. There's emotion, there's family, there's people there's lots of time together with human beings. And I don't think they actually like that. So you just feel that in general. When I reflect on relationships with toxic people, with narcissists, with abusers and people like that, that I've had, 
Now going to the worst relationship, this is actually an interesting story. So I met them in the February. I had been talking to them since the December before on the internet, met them in the February. And as you know, with love bombers and toxic narcissistic abusers, they like to push things and make things go fast. So, but in doing so, I had already left them at that point. So I'd only met them at the start of that year or like technically online uh, a year before. And I'd already left them the se- late in the September. And you're thinking, oh, your abusive relationship wasn't that long. And they even tried to hold your hostage to kill you. Oh, no, 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 no. No, this is like, you know, hoovering and, you know, they get you back. And you're like, no, I'll never go back. And then other people around you say, why aren't you going back to them? They're such a handy, wonderful person. And then you're like, oh, yes, I have trauma bond. And you go back. So then after that, I was actually with them and openly with them. And that's when I can't say what else they did. Don't want to give away any identity, but um, and then a year after, I mean, they were abusive, and I tried to leave them so many times that year because the violence never ends with this person. So then the start of the following year, I um, oh yeah, no Christmas New Year, some memories are coming back. Oh yeah, got some stories to tell you. But yeah, so then they were very very violent and to me and my child. And then that's when there was nada, nada, goodbye, and they got charged and everything. They did not go to prison. And then after that, they tried to stalk me a lot. They were stalky, 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 and then they eventually broke into my house. How many hosts? Oh, they lied to everyone that we were back together. They made up fake messages, fake things, and lied to everyone. And all these people believed him. Thanks, guys. Anyway, they made, and I could not tell people, like what was going on that I was being stalked and harassed by him because uh, he said if anyone finds out, if you tell anyone what I'm doing, then and if people find out, the police find out, I'm going to kill you, you're going to kill kids. So I had to pretend like, oh, no, things are great. And they're like, are you dating? I'm like, I can't really speak about that. So it sounded like we were, but he was actively lying to people that we were actively back together and he was actively stalking. I just could not speak on it. Like it was terrifying anyway and then he broke into my house held me hostage tried to kill me strangle me all the things anyway so that brings us back to the first Christmas so the first Christmas I had left I had gone to stay somewhere temporarily I was actively looking for a my new home so they were actively in the era of hoovering. Now, if I've done an episode on hoovering or called hoovering, I know I would have talked about it because I talk a lot and I go on a lot of tangents. But if I haven't done one called hoovering, I best get onto it because it's a very important topic. Hoovering is when they try and hoover is the brand of, you know, vacuums. I've said this before, but I want to episode. And when they try, no, I've definitely done. I remember telling, no, I think No. <laughs> memories smacking me in the face all at once so hoovering I have talked about before I think it was one of remember when I used to do episodes it was story times it was separate to like the topic and main episode or something it was one of those when I talked about how he got me back or something like that Mm. 
So we've been here. So the first Christmas. So he, I wasn't even talking to him then, but he was using sly techniques to try and contact me. He was using an app on the phone that was not a normal message app and making these little posts to like send me messages. It was so disgusting and embarrassing that, and I had trauma bond that I was trying to process and work through. And I didn't really, like I knew like what they said trauma bond was, but I didn't really know, no. And so in hindsight, I had it pretty bad. And I, if I knew what I know now, I would have just known that I would naturally have those neurochemicals that were like, <gasps> I need him. And I would have known it was a neurochemical thing. So I would have gone, okay, this is like a drug withdrawal. Let's give it this long before we make any contact just to tell myself that, you know, my brain is lying to me. So mm, that kind of sucked. So this is where he started the process, but I was staying strong for so, so long. And yes, I have just go screen, 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 scroll through the other episodes if you haven't heard yet how he actually got me back there. And it's kind of gross. And it's because I needed um, to pack my things and I chose to keep my things. And that gave him an opportunity to hoover the literal crap out of me. So the Christmas, he actually came and did the crocodile tears um, in front of family and badmouthed me and tried to convince them that, I was the problem and yes, I was covered in many, many very dark bruises all over my body, but you know, he is sorry, he, he's very broken and he's he's promising to change and he did the whole fake tears thing, which he has admitted was fake tears and tried to manipulate the living crap out of the people around me to try and get them to encourage me to go back and it worked! <laughs> fun. And so that was that first Christmas. I don't remember the actual day. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. Um, he wasn't there. Oh my gosh. He was not there. And I will, I was already like, who, like feeling the Hoover, feeling the trauma once I was still wearing my ring because we're going to see relatives. Right. And I wanted them to like I didn't want anyone to know what was going on. Didn't want anyone to know I'd gone through DV because I'd had a whole like lot of really fucked relationships before, and I was so ashamed. And that's what made me kind of go back and try was this shame of failing in relationships in the past. So I had my ring on, and as far as everyone knew, according to my Facebook or to everything I'd told them, I was engaged to this guy. And I said to someone, could you not tell everyone what's happened? And they're like, no, no, I won't tell, I won't tell. I won't say anything, it's your business. I won't even say you're staying with us and everything. And then, oh, spoiler alert, they they obviously told everyone because not one person asked me, where's your fiancé? Like, I turn up, there's no fiancé. No one wonders, oh, is he working today? Usually you get a, is he working today? Because they had met him. They knew him. So it was very obvious that uh, somebody spilled and they knew that. So that was that first Christmas. Very awkward, very weird. I was in the whole trauma bond. He was trying his hoovering best and Christmas Day he wasn't there with me but he definitely left his mark with the whole awkwardness and all the secrets and crap. Blech. Anyway, the following Christmas, 
he was, has he already met that relative? No, I don't know. It was the first time he was meeting a particular relative of mine that um, I've always been like a puppy dog with like, oh, love me. And they've always like rejected me and been like, no. And I message them and they just ghost me. And yeah, it's pretty um, sad. (laughs) But so there's a lot of emotion there with this relative. And they pretended they were, oh, I just want to ask you questions about them to, you know, I really want them to approve of me and everything. And it just came across like, you know, a normal guy would ask that, but he was information gathering, like the whole relationship is information gathering about literally every aspect of your life. This is what narcissists do. Time when he's about to meet this person. So he's getting extra information. You know what he did? You know what he did on this Christmas? He became what he believed from the information he got from me would be the ideal, like male to this person. So he lied about fishing and he lied about certain interests he had and he intentionally wore a certain outfit. I can't reveal what it was because that might identify things. And we just don't want to go there because these little bitches love a defamation case. So, but he wore a specific outfit that would please that person and he wore it in a certain way. It was, when you look back, you just laugh, but he tried to become this blokey bloke person, this whole persona that he assumed this person would like, and he worked on them. I have never seen a master manipulator at play like that. This person, like if they could turn manipulating into a career, into money, they would be so rich. Like use your skills to do good in the world. I don't know how manipulation can do good in the world. Maybe the FBI or some kind, something like, I don't know. But watching him at work, I was floored. He got this person to just talk to him the whole time. And this person who rarely approves of anyone was putty in his hands. He treated him, he treated my abuser the best they he treated anyone I'd ever been with. And this is the man who broke my house, helped me hostage and tried to murder me. And that's the one he treated the best because he was such a good manipulator of both men and women. Do not feel bad if you are out there and you've been manipulated. Don't think, oh, I'm so weak. No, this manipulator and every other one I tell you, they're very good at manipulating both men and women. And it's very important. They want to isolate you so that when things or when you try and leave, they then do the smear campaign. And I do believe he attempted to do that with this person because he added them to like Facebook or something that day, which was, I was not happy with. And he's like, why we're getting on so well. And he had this glimmer in his eye because he was, he would never get on with him. He made up this whole fake character persona to manipulate and groom this relative of mine so that they would think that they got on well and were friends so that if I left him, I would also have to pay, not in all the 65 other threats and ways he said he's going to get revenge on me if I leave, not by murdering me and my children as well, not by breaking in and, you know, doing all that, but also by shattering the relationship with this person that was already so fragile that he would then make sure that they really, really hate you and never speak to you again. And so, and he knew how much it would mean to me if this person was more in my life and stuff. So yeah, he did that. So he was spending the whole Christmas, oh, he came late. He was, cause he was, he was working. And um, then he met him uh, after that. 
and then he just cornered him and just he was he is quick on his feet so that was amazing master artist at work and on the day it felt good because oh you impressed my family but like you're my abuser and then when I went nah nah this guy is not improving it's not any medical cause or anything else this guy's a violent abuser my life is at risk my kids lives at risk and I left yeah um looking back at that Christmas day it was like I just wish you weren't there at least he wasn't there for the meal the best part am I right yummy yummy anyway so that was that Christmas and then let me think oh (laughs) finally the next Christmas was the best because guess where he was the next Christmas I put you in a cell you'd said no I'll kill you but you put in a cell this Christmas, you're back in that cell. I hope you learned your lesson. Lesson. Yeah, they don't learn their lesson, but um, it's probably one of the nice things I could have put on the end there. Well, actually, do you want to know what I first sung when I first? I actually had to go back and cut and put like, learn your lesson. Because <laughs> I said something very inappropriate. Very inappropriate thing that men fear happening to them in prison. Mm, I said something, I hope you're getting it bad up your butt. (laughs) But that's not what, you're not meant to be vengeful. You're not meant to be about revenge. Two wrongs don't make a right. It is so good when they're in prison because you are safe. Everyone is safe. All the other women who will not date this, but who would meet this guy on an app will be like, oh, I've met this wonderful, amazing guy. They're protected while he's in prison. Future women, children, the earth. The earth unites as one when he's locked in a cell. So he's coming out again soon anyway, um, just to wreak more havoc on females. So there are women in Australia. Um, I could actually tell you the area, but um, I won't. Because these bitches love defamation. All right. So that's uh, my Christmas stories with that guy. And oh, no, 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 no. So this is the Christmas that he did the grooming of the male relative. Basically, things were not okay at the Christmas. Well, things are never okay with them. They're okay for a little. I remember we used to have this thing where it'd be like, try and go so many days without being violent toward me. Okay. And I'm never, never, as I've said many times, never violent towards him. So there was no reason. It made no sense. And he would try. And the most he ever got was, I think, just under two weeks. And he was trying to get two weeks again, two weeks. You know, those things that workplaces have, how many days since the last incident we were trying to get over that two week mark. He never did it. It was And it's not like it was every two weeks. It was like every day or every two days, three days, seven days, eight days. It was just constant and always varied and always different reasons and excuses and then this and then that and always different ways of manipulating me and trying to convince me it's all my fault and this and that. And yeah, just absolutely messed up. So anyway, things were not good, but Christmas Day was coming and there was this dude in my life and I had to make a decision if he's not coming over at all and I pretend I'm single or if he is and I know that they knew and they'd heard about him so there was someone around and they knew I had someone so it was really awkward I couldn't just not have him there and 
this was like on a good day where things were kind of okay. So he did get introduced, but then he, you know, went all manipulation, groomy, weird ad to Facebook mode, knowing I'm still actively trying to leave you. And each time I was trying to leave him, like, well, obviously the first time was just like, bye, gone skis. But then, you know, he had to work hard to get me back. But then after that, all the smaller other times it was still building up to, like, we are going to leave. Like, you continue the behaviour. I would sit down and say, if you keep being violent, people will keep leaving you. So they act so surprised when you go to leave. It's an act. They know that you don't want to be in a violent relationship, but they are hoping that by acting surprised, you think, maybe I am being unreasonable. It is all just brainwashing bullshit. Anyway, so I had, this is the New Year's, right? So by New Year's, which is what, days later, we weren't together. I was setting boundaries. And I don't really remember details. I just remember he scratched, he damaged my vehicle. Uh, I think he had visited or something and he um, grabbed some stones and scratched all down the side of my vehicle and all across the back or something. He he would damage my vehicle most times. Every time I said, I don't like being abused, I don't want to be with someone who abuses me. And I'm actually saying it in this tone, in this volume, like you can't match their nutso energy because it will just give them an excuse and a reason to nutso next, up to the next level and it's so dangerous up there. So you talk to them just calmly like this, like I cannot be in a relationship with violence. And if I say that, he will just go and key my car and pretend, oh, I don't even know how that got there. Because <laughs> he had to feel this satisfaction, this control, this power, this sick kind of, oh, I showed her kind of thing. It's, ugh, it's disgusting. So I actually spent that New Year's sitting on the couch watching the fireworks and going through files of CCTV because he had convinced me. Well, not really, like I was sus, but, you know, it's so hard to explain when someone's, like, trying to, like, manipulate you and you love them and trust them, but then they've done these other bad things. It's a whole confusing bubble, but basically he tried to convince me a gang of youths came past and scratched my car and that's how the scratch got there and I was like no I think you did it the other night when you're upset and then and I did have CCTV of him doing one massive scratch all down the side but then there was another scratch on another night and both of these nights I had asserted a boundary calmly as I was saying and I'd said you know I don't want to be with someone like that because he kept doing these behaviors and so Upon leaving, when he finally leaves, he's like, I've got to show her. So um, he scratched. Yeah, every panel of my car had a intentional damage on it. So that's fun. Um, yeah, so I spent New Year's just going through CCTV because I'm like, I don't think it was, but I was hoping to find him or the youths. But the date he had convinced me it had happened and that I sort of half agreed, oh, yeah, that happened then. It was wrong. It was actually him doing it. But when he was abusive, he would intentionally either turn off the power to the house or he would go instantly go in and unplug the CCTV. Like if he, he knew they are that calculated, they plan, they know, they come into your house or they go, hmm, switch, jerk or hide or whatever. They know when they're going to start abusing you. So they go, he would come over and act like great and nice and then like 
I wouldn't even see it. Like I must have gone and done something or like turned my back for a second. He would quickly go into this spare room I had CCTV box in and he would go and unplug it from the wall and quickly come out. And he would always do that. Or if he started escalating and getting, you know, in that mood where he's just like that, very evil, he would quickly go in and do it and he would always unplug it. And, um, yeah, when he went to prison, he had done that, but he did it too late. The CCTV showed him raking in robbery at night. No, burglary. That's his charge. It was in another episode. Burglary at night with violence. That's the charge he got for that. Um, anyway, so that is that other Christmas. And then it brings us to the third one, which was the greatest of all that made me sing before. You don't want to hear me sing again, do you? The first Christmas I had already left you and the second one you were a groomy violent pool. But then the year came that was the best. It was when you were in a prison cell. Prison cell. Or we could say last Christmas you were finally free then you did it again to some lovely lady this year you're back in that cell I hope your roommate smells smells that's actually a very PG very friendly nice honestly I still have that underlying don't say anything that would really like really I mean just speaking is gonna grate this person's gears if they ever found this hopefully not but don't say anything you know that's really mean um it just there's still that fear that and also not to like be too petty but sometimes you feel like it but I shall strive on to be the bigger person and do good from what happened. And because if you can't bring joy to others, and that's, oh, that is my conclusion. I was thinking about it before. So Christmas is a time of joy, peace, love, family, everything. So if Christians, for Christians, Christmas is celebrating the birth of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For non-Christians, it's about family. It's about friends. It's about joy, peace. It's about giving and sharing. There are some religions that don't celebrate Christmas, but the vibe around the place, it's still like a holiday season. You're not working every day. It's like really good. And so the whole premise of Christmas is joy and people. And that's, I think, the one big underlying cause of why domestic violence is increased is because these people are evil oh, I should do an episode on narcissism and the spiritual side. But once you touch on like spiritual and uh, demons and stuff, you're sort of getting near like religious things and then people can get their knickers in a knot and um, you don't want to upset anyone. So maybe I could talk about it sometime. We'll see because there's, there's some juju. There's some juju happening. Anyone who's been with an abusive narcissist has seen those eyes and they've seen that flicker in their face and they've just seen that evil in that person like and their whole demeanor and everything change and you're just like yeah yeah there's some juju going on there so maybe possibly we might talk about that sometime but um and that's probably why they don't like happy things they don't like christmas they don't like easter they don't like celebrations they don't like anniversaries weddings 
all those things, parties, fun times, they want evil terror times. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking because it is 3.30 in the morning. I said that before, didn't I? I don't know. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. And I'm really tired, but I do have insomnia. Oh, I went to play Insomnia by Faithless on Spotify into the microphone, just on the down low, not copywriting or anything. And it because it's set on like talking mode, it didn't pick it up, but it picks up my really bad singing because it doesn't recognize that as music. <laughs> Fun fact. Anyway, thanks guys. Thanks for joining me on this episode that was a bit here and there and everywhere. Uh, talking about Christmas, talking about what these people do. So there is a word of warning. If you are in an abusive relationship or in the process of trying to leave one or sharing custody with one and you have to like negotiate the kids around Christmas Day and everything, just know one, it's not your fault. Two, their behavior changing around this period, Christmas, New Year's and everything, it's nothing to do with you. It's the juju. It's the ju- We're going to blame the juju. Don't blame it on the victim. Don't blame it on the children. Don't blame it on the pet dog. But blame it on the perpetrator. <laughs> that is the worst ever. On that note, please, save your ears. That was. <laughs> it's not just the stodgy singing. It was... Just some random lyrics I made up was so bad. It's so bad. It's glorious. Say it with your whole chest, ladies and gents. Uh, yeah, so just know it's not you. It's him or her. But in 99.9% recurring cases, it's him. So please, please, please be safe. Always contact like a DV service if you need an exit plan, if you need to come up with a way of getting away from this person that is safe and well thought out and well planned or if you need to instantly go just do what you can do uh, and just know you're not the first to walk that path but you being safe is what is the most important thing be aware of the risk at this time but the risk always unfortunately with these kind of people and just please stay safe over the Christmas New Year's period and always so I wish you the happiest and merriest of Christmases. If you are going through a hard time, just know there are happy, merry Christmases in your future to come. Stay safe, legends, and may your Yuletide be gay. Bye. Love you. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way.